Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and this week we are joined by co-executive editor of Homeschooling Today magazine, Kay Chance, to talk about changing the paradigm with writing. She wrote an amazing article in the spring issue of the magazine talking about how we need to change some of our assumptions when it comes to writing. What Kay had to share is extremely encouraging. Before we start, we just want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for all their support of the Smiling Homeschooler. They're an amazing math curriculum, and we believe they help more homeschoolers smile. So go check them out over at teachingtextbooks.com. Also, we'll tell you more about Homeschooling Today magazine later in the show as well. So let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. I'm, I'm trying to get my... Uh, I, I so, can't see anything Is there a delay right now, here or so. something? No, there is a little... Not a delay. It's me. I'm just delayed. Uh, <laughs> so it's a beautiful day here in northern Indiana. Uh, we finally... Spring has sprung. Uh, it has been gray and dismal for the last two weeks plus. Uh, I don't think we've seen the, the blue sky. Even though... We just got back, uh, whatever, a week and a half, two weeks ago from Duluth, Minnesota, and I will not complain because it's be going to be gray and dismal for months up there. So I'm not complaining, but it is nice to see uh, the grass has been cut twice now and uh, it is warm and the sun is shining and it just feels like summer is on its way. And even though Ben and I were talking that when you live in northern Indiana, that it's like we're already starting the countdown to like well we've only got a few more months and then it's cold and dismal again so i don't know why that is about us but we should enjoy these days and quit fretting about the uh about the future i guess so anyway we are glad you joined us we got a special guest today k chance k chance is i don't know if your title is co-editor with co-executive uh, editor co-executive yeah. sounds so editor. much more fancy you get a better parking spot uh so at the uh, homeschooling today magazine a uh sponsor of this show uh and we are super excited to have her now kate let me just i guess before i give a lead into why you're on this show um why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself maybe how you got into homeschooling your family and how you got connected with uh, the magazine, Homeschooling Today. Well, actually, um, when I first heard about homeschooling, I was like, why would you do that to kids? I was a public school teacher, um, but then I actually met some homeschoolers and my husband worked with these families uh, that homeschooled and we got to know them. And I was like, oh, maybe I had some preconceived ideas that weren't actually correct, but when I actually met people who did it. Um, and so I think, you know, I was still resistant to it. We had our uh, oldest son signed up to go to a private school. We knew he needed something smaller than the public school system. Um, so that was the route we were going to go. But it seems like God just kept bringing it into my face over and over again. I was like, well, we'll try it. And so um, he's now got his master's in history and we homeschooled all the way through. You know, we went to college. He's uh, got a master's and now he's gone back to get his elementary teaching certificate because he mm -hmm. just loves kids. And then my youngest son is an advisor at a college now. And so they were homeschooled all the way through. And I am so glad we made that choice and um, so glad I uh, learned a lot. And um, it's taught me not to... Um, maybe assume I know something about people when I've never actually met them. So yeah, I'm like, I'm a huge proponent, obviously, of homeschooling now. Nice. And how well, long have you been with homeschool today? Ahead. I'm sorry. How long have you been with homeschool today? And how did that come about? 
Um, it's been probably, that's a good question. I think it's been four or five years, uh, but it came about when my son was, my youngest son was in about sixth grade. We were doing the Trail Guide to Learning series with Geography Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, about that time, my husband lost his job and I had this idea to write a middle school supplement so that older students could jo- uh, join their younger siblings. And I emailed the company and um, didn't hear anything for a few months. And then I got a, a, an email that they said they'd be interested. So I wrote them a little prototype and it was terrible. Like it wasn't what they had in, in mind at all, but they gave me a chance because they saw that there was potential there, but that mm-hmm. it just wasn't what they were thinking. So we talked on the phone for an hour and long story short, I ended up writing the supplements for them. And I was working with Debbie Strayer and her daughter, Ashley, is the publisher mm. of Homeschooling Today magazine. So Ashley and I got to know each other and we've worked together for years now. Nice. That's awesome. Hey, where do you live? Wichita Falls, Texas. I thought and it was so, Texas. I was pretty sure. Yeah, was I was laughing what you were saying because it's been in the 90s all week. Here. I know it. I know. It's been, it's been a little it's too hot. It's getting up there. I mean, today it was like 86, I think, or something like that. So I last to- week I'm it was like 50. So it was, it was complaining. But we're talking enough about the weather. And I'll be liking it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. but Okay. Right. Well, um, the reason I, I asked Kay to be on the show, I asked her a couple of weeks ago because I was uh, thumbing through, uh, and I'm all, I always look through Homeschooling Today magazine. And I kind of, I don't know how everybody reads it, but I kind of, I go through it quick. You know, I look at anything that might, you know, pop out at me and, uh, your article jumped out at me um, because it had the word paradigm in it. Uh, we hardly, I don't, I think we used paradigm for the first time last week in this show, uh, telling people we were gonna have you talk about paradigm. <laughs> uh, so any article that has the word paradigm in the title pretty much hooks me uh, because I don't really know what that means. Um, so, but what I was uh, intrigued by um, as I read your article, that I just thought really, it's the heart of so many other things. It's the heart of, you know, like you say, learning naturally or natural learning. Um, and I, I guess maybe you should define, because you do in the article, maybe define paradigm and the, the not the title of the article necessarily, but maybe the byline was kind of changing the paradigm as it pertains to writing. So maybe define that. And then what do you mean by changing the paradigm? Well, paradigms simply like, uh, I like to get it as simple as possible. It's just the way we think about things. And so when we change a paradigm, we're changing the way we think about things. And so in this case, writing, um, because, you know, growing up in the public school system, um, like I said, I was a public school teacher and I taught English of all things. And so uh, there was a very specific idea of how to teach writing. And honestly, I felt like it's burdensome in a lot of ways. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I mean, actually, you have a really good uh, in the I have the physical copy here, which is super <laughs> high quality. And I mean, I've, I've seen it for years, but I'm always impressed every time I see it. But you have it as a paradigm is a standard perspective or set of ideas. A paradigm is a way of looking at something. And when you change the paradigms, you are changing how you think about something. Uh, I think that is vocabulary.com. Um, What's something you know that you think is a common paradigm that, or something that you see a lot of homeschoolers doing specifically that you think, mm-hmm. you know, kind of maybe inspired this or kind of made you think about how I want to do it differently? Was there anything, you know, specifically you saw a lot? 
Yeah. And I, I think I saw it in myself first. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like if we teach spelling and we teach mechanics and we teach um, sentence structure and we do all these components that somehow they're going to come together and they're going to be great writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in that process, what happens is we forget that we're teaching people we're teaching. And that's really what the important part is. It's the writer and not the, the writing mm-hmm. as far as the mechanics and the spelling. It's getting to the thoughts of the person behind the paper. That's so good. And you wrote this paragraph um, kind of at the beginning. I just thought it was so good. And maybe it, again, kind of sets up what you what you were about to talk about and what you wrote. It says our kids need a safe place to write. Mm-hmm. Writing has become a subject where perfection is required. Red marks abound and mistakes are highlighted. That just doesn't sound conductive to thinking and creating, does it? It's no wonder our children feel anxious and whine about doing it. It's no wonder we do too. Because really, that is, I guess, the the beginning of this whole article is that writing is no longer fun. And it's hard to get our kids to do it. And they don't like it. We don't like teaching it. And I mean, I I assume you saw that even with your own kids. Oh, absolutely. Because it's it's overwhelming. You know, if you think about language arts, when we chop it up into it, like so many topics, it's almost like separate subjects. You could fill an entire day trying to teach writing if you're going to attack it by single subjects like teach spelling, teach vocabulary, teach mechanics, teach grammar. And so I think that's why um, it feels like so much to so many parents. Maybe they also come with a background of um they got their papers marked completely mm-hmm. up with red. And, you know, that that's not it's not something that someone's going to want to do when they already feel like they're bad at it. Which is such a bummer because, I mean, writing is really one of the most subjective and mm-hmm. there is not specifically only one right way to write. Right. You know, it's not with like, exactly. um, you know, most math, there is a way to do it. You know, if you have a problem in front of you of, you know, what's, you know, a certain number divided by something else, that's usually, there's not a hundred different ways to write th- or do that. Uh, oh, I've thought of a whole bunch. Of <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, okay. You know, but spelling for most words, there's a correct way of spelling it, but with writing, there's so many different ways. And, and, and I feel like this also happens with um, public speaking is a lot of people seem to think if they teach their kids all the mechanical side of things, then that mm-hmm. means, well, then you are an effective public speaker. But if you've heard dad speak anywhere, he does not do what most people would say you should do. You know, I mean, he uses a lot of ums, he uses a lot of pauses, you know, but and all that stuff because it's just natural, but that he's a good hurt. speaker, but he's a good speaker and he's engaging. And you'll hear other people who, you know, are, are just very by the book and it's not fun to listen to them, you know? So it, it is a bummer that be, that becomes that. And so why do you think writing is considered, if a lot of people are approaching mechanically, then why do you think there is so much um, hate or dislike for the subject? Is it just purely because it's all focused on mechanic or uh, you think there's something deeper there? You know, I think um, when it is so mechanical, it's, it's easier to grade. We have something we can go, Oh, that's right. And that's wrong. And I think subjective is a little scary for people. Um, so like, I want to take away that fear and just say, don't grade. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not the point. Anyway, we're wanting our children to grow as riders. It is not a sprint. You know, the idea that's a marathon, it takes time. And so um, just, it, it, you know, it comes down to getting out of a public school mindset. 
and embracing that this isn't about getting grades. It's about growing our children and getting to know them. What a great way to get to know kids through their writing. And um, if they know that every time they write something, we're going to pick it apart, why would they want to experiment? Why would what they want to put new ideas out there? Why would they want to try that thing mm -hmm. they've never tried only to get graded down for it? Yeah. And so I think that's a lot of, I think it's just fear um, that somehow we're going to do it wrong. Yeah. And don't you think, I mean, uh, so after I ask this question, I'm going to ask you <laughs> to go through these assumption and paradigm shifts. So I'm going to start in your article and ask you the assumption and okay. you can kind of give me the next paradigm shift. But don't you think um, I've definitely right, felt that so. that feel that feeling. I mean, it's not fun to start something if you feel like you're going to if you have one no direction, because, again, there isn't a clear, you know, do this one thing. So it's just like just write, you know, and then but then at the same time here, I'm going to critique you. And, and I always was sad. Art is the same way. I heard someone say, like, if you go into, let's say, like kindergarten or preschool art class, you know, and say, who's good at drawing? Every person raises their hand, you know, but then you go in at first grade and like one person raises their hand, you know, because it's just been everyone, you know, says says negative things, whatever it is. And I mean, I know so many people who are paralyzed when it comes to writing anything because of that, that kind of yeah. that criticism. But maybe dad go through the first assumption there. Or okay. The... Well, and even Ben, he was scared to death to write. Yeah. And and some because of my of other that. kids, and we, we would get to the point where we'd say, okay, we're not going to look at it. You're going to write, and we're not going to look at it. Because he would like write in like in microscopic, you'd have to use a microscope to see it, you know, like make the, the words real tiny and tight. Because I think he was so afraid, he'd, he'd say, how do you spell the? And it was like T-H-E. And then how do you spell the man? Ma you know, because he was so afraid. Of, right. And we and he couldn't write because he was too afraid of making a mistake. Okay, so here's the first assumption. You said, let's be bold enough to rethink these assumptions. And you wrote assumption. Teaching writing is about teaching the rules of grammar, mechanics, sentence structure, and spelling. If students master each of these areas, they will learn to write well. Okay, then you gave us a paradigm shift. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I said that it's not about writing. It's about the writer. What does that mean? You know, it's about getting to the thoughts of your kids. It's finding mm -hmm. out what they're thinking. The whole point of writing is to share what we're thinking with others. And so um, we want to respect that child's thoughts. And so, you know, I think the biggest part of that is just getting to the point where we give them something to think about before we expect them to write. Um, so that means, you know, reading great books together. We love read, read aloud time. Um, we have a lot of fun with that. We did it. Some people think this is weird. We did it through high school until my oldest son graduated. It was just my youngest son and I, and then it got awkward. But, you know, um, <laughs> we did read alouds for a long time. But it was really fun because we would talk about the books. And as they got older, we would also point out like, Ooh, that was a really good sentence or that was a great description. So we're, we were looking at the craft of writing and the plot. And that wasn't something constant. Like I didn't stop every few minutes. Oh, did you notice that metaphor? But, you know, we would have fun with it because we just started enjoying language. You know, my oldest son, his favorite book is The Book Thief because it breaks all the rules of, of language. Um, and so, you know, when it's about the writer, we're filling them up with conversations. We're talking about current events. We're talking about the things we're reading. Um, we're letting them write about the subjects they're already learning about. So like what Ben said, we're all of a sudden you're like, uh, what do I write about? Well, that's because often assignments are made 
um, not necessarily based on anything the child knows or what they're experience, experiencing. So I think that's really important to fill their minds up before we expect them to write. Well, and even though, I mean, they can text volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes, <laughs> and then they don't know what to write. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just so funny to me because something that's just a practical conversation, they have no trouble doing it. But then mm -hmm. when we give them a something to regurgitate, or an assignment, then somehow they've not forgotten it, but they don't connect it to. They don't connect yeah. that texting is writing. <laughs> well, and I think one of the things you just said, you know, texting is talking back and forth. So one of the best things a parent can do to help kind of unlock that writing is simply sit down and talk about the topic before mm -hmm. you expect them to start writing. Yeah, that's Have huge. that conversation. I know that helped me a lot. Uh, there was at one point in when I was doing clipping out of stuff, I had to do one where it was a writing one and you'd have to, you know, you have like 15 minutes to write an essay on a topic you had no idea about. And then another 15 minutes you had to do it again. And I <laughs> drilled those, you know, for a long time. I just do a bunch like random topic you never thought about really. Like, should you be able to burn flags? But like, it was so helpful because I would just talk through it in my head real quick and I, and I can do that, you know, so I would just sit there and I think through like, okay, do I, does that bother me? Do I like that? What, you know, why? And I'd create like a quick argument in my head and then I would write it down. And I, I and I do appreciate, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, talking about current events and talking about other things that they're interested in. I think that's something my parents did pretty well or very well. And, and I appreciate that. And I think that really helped. Um, but your second assumption here is you said, uh, we have we have to let kids know that all of their writing mistakes, um, if we want to Im them to improve, if we let a mistake go, they'll keep making it. And then the paradigm shift, if you want to go into that, because I think that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, it's that writing is a skill that develops over a lifetime. It's not something that you can teach immediately. So mm. I always suggest that, you know, if you're working on something specific, grade for that specific thing. Um, so maybe, you know, when it's young and, and you're looking at the physical act of writing and forming letters, you don't tell them in their, their writing practice every letter they formed incorrectly. You might be focusing on A, so you just focus on that. Well, that continues as they grow. It can be concepts like uh, maybe you've worked on active verbs so that the writing kind of moves along and keeps pace, then just grade for that. And don't try to nitpick everything, you know? And I think that's what puts that burden on kids where they shut down, um, is they're trying to remember so many things at once where you can just focus a little at a time. And mm -hmm. the whole point is to grow a writer. It's not to to be perfect from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's a, I think that is a great point. I mean, because and really that's that's all of school. Yes. Uh, you know, I think sometimes I was talking to somebody about this, you know, that we look at like wrong misspelling words as though that's wrong. Yeah. And really, it's just learning. Yes. You know, where you're learning something new, you know, the the idea is not to get all the answers right. The idea is to miss some so you can learn. And so we've kind of grown up where you get an X by a wrong answer because right. that means it's bad. And really you should get a check mark for a wrong answer because that means it gives you an opportunity to learn something. Yeah. You um, know, we're really okay with it. When kids are learning to speak, we actually think it's cute when they make it. Right. right, right. Say, you know, my son would come up to me and instead of saying, will you hold me? He'd go, hold you. 
told you, I knew what he meant. And so I, I didn't go, well, as soon as you ask me correctly, I yeah, will pick exactly. you up, son, you know? <laughs> um, and we think it's cute when they mix up their words. Like my other son called flamingos flambingos for a long time. I thought that was way <laughs> Man, better. I might have to start you know? using that one now. <laughs> yeah, so I think that we need to treat writing the same way. Yeah. They're just mistakes. And a lot of them will grow out of it naturally. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like even as you said, sometimes we focus on, the wrong things. I can remember even being in seminary and writing this big long paper and I get it back and the guy says your bibliography form is incorrect and your margins are too wide. And I thought he didn't even make a comment about it. And it really, it kind of turned me off. I thought, you know, he doesn't even care what I write. Yeah. It's not right. about writing. It's about my margins and my bibliographies. And right. really it should never be about those things. Unless it should have been about the writer. Yeah. It should have been about the writer. Yeah. It should have been about the writer. hundred percent. Well, real quick, uh, we're going to interrupt. We have a couple more here to go through, but we want to just say thank you to our two supporters and sponsors. The first one is Teaching Textbooks, um, an incredible math curriculum. Uh, we've talked about them many, many times. Uh, they take a time that can be really hard in school and uh, make it at least uh, for a lot of people, a lot better. Uh, it's super interactive, super engaging. Uh, there are uh, sample lessons. You can also get it, try out their free trial over at their website. They have awesome customer service. So if you have any questions, or if you're going to a homeschooling convention, they they're basically at every homeschooling convention. Uh, you know, in the world, probably. Uh, they're an amazing company, and we really believe in what they they do, and we really appreciate their support. Uh, but, Dad, you should tell us about the Homeschooling Today magazine. Also, we're excited because kind of underwriting this as well, making it possible, is the Homeschooling Today magazine. And, uh, you know, not only do they have great writers like Kay Chance and Todd Wilson, um, but they have other great writers. And I think what's super cool is that uh, I had gotten the print version of Kay's article and uh, and I accidentally threw it away. I found it again and I gave it to Ben. But I went to your I went to your website and you can see your article as well as the entire magazine in a digital version right now. I mean, so everybody listening could go get a sample. They could read this past months and uh, to sign up. I mean, it is. Uh, how often does a magazine come out, Kay? It's a three print magazines a year, and then we have a digital version version for the uh, winter coming out. Okay, nice. so, so quarterly, just a basically. great resource. And I'll and I'll I'll be honest. Uh, there are some magazines out there, uh, not just homeschooling, but sometimes educational, that feel like it's all about, you know, the the schooling. Mm -hmm. um, homeschooling today doesn't doesn't feel that way. It feels like it's a bunch of encouragement to you know as your theme is to be bold you know to because what you're talking about in paradigm shifts i mean you have to be bold in that it is the right way you know <laughs> but you'd think the right way should be the easy way really the right way is sometimes the harder way and you have to go against all these other experts or all these other textbooks that say something that doesn't quite sound like this so we're thankful for homeschooling today. Yeah. So let me give you the next assumption. It says, kid, here's the assumption. The kids need to learn to write a variety of formats like letters and poems and stories, how-tos, persuasive essays, and more. What's the paradigm shift? That actually the meaning should determine the format instead of the format determining what the kids mm. are going to write. Meaning should determine format. So 
for example, you know, if I have a child who wants to tell me everything they know about Egypt, that would be my youngest son who is a history buff and he would go on and on, you know, hey, he can write an informative essay and that's not going to be hard for him because he has all this knowledge he needed to share. Um, you know, if you have a child that wants to explain how to do this game, you know, this new video game, you know, they can write a how-to paper based on um, all the things they want to share about how to play this game and their strategy. So the idea really is just instead of, of giving kids like, oh, you have to write this type of, you know, this type of paper, this type of paper, this type, you know, there's endless numbers, you know, let what they want to say determine that. That's how real writers write. You know, mm -hmm. I think we have approached writing so long about how teachers teach writing instead exactly. of how real writers write. Um, you know, I'm going to give you a little preview the summer edition. Todd Wilson, the poet, comes out. And so you guys will get to enjoy that because I, I've already got to read it. And it's just an incredible poem. <laughs> you are right. one of the few people, Dad, actually, that I do see use poetry like and stuff. Like I've never yes, in a thousand years will ever use cat that. In the hat, yeah, basically. Yeah. But still, you know. <laughs> uh, yes, I will not be the poet laureate for the yeah, United States. That's for sure. Uh, so, just for homeschooling know, today. That's right. That's right. Um, that's but, you know, even sometimes I think, Kay, uh, why is it? And maybe it's maybe it, we can blame educators. Yeah. They like to label things. Yes. So like they like to say, oh, this is a persuasive essay, which <laughs> what does that even mean? It just means you're writing something to, to convince something of something. Of which some, is called some Twitter idea. nowadays. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But but we like to say antagonists and protagonists and then we quiz them on it you know and but every single person when i talk to ben's daughter renly who's five and i say who's the bad guy they know <laughs> who's the good guy they know but we like to label things and really it kind of gives us a false sense of learning i think yes I agree. And I think, you know, and that's the same way with poetry, you know, instead of just enjoying the beauty of the words, we're like, oh, is it iambic pentameter? And is it, who uses that in real life? Like, or those, or the, is, what's the pattern? A, 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 B, C, A, A, B, C, R, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I think that is, I think you, you hit the, the nail on the head is the phrase of, we like to, to put these terms out there and quiz kids because that's actually an easy thing to see if they know something. Um, but why? That's, you know, what I constantly, man, homeschooling changed the way I viewed education because for once I stopped and went, well, why? Why do they need to know this? And, you know, the fact that we do not live in the same, same world that, you know, we grew up in, you can Google any information. You know, that should change the way we teach. Kids right, can get information, right. but what are they going to do with it? You know, that's why critical thinking and, and uh, writing well and communicating is so important. I do think it is one of the most practical things, honestly. And, you know, back in school, I probably would have said no way. But, you know, now like being able to communicate decently does st stand you out from the pack. I think when it comes to even jobs or things like that. I mean, we send emails literally all day long, every day. And I, and I think even writing can 
change a little bit how you communicate uh, stuff as well, just verbally, even if you if you've written a decent amount. Uh, but, you know, as you're saying, like, why does all this matter? And the thing that's funny, always funny to me is a lot of times some of the greatest pieces written often don't even fit in anything and they're always like this is so cool because it doesn't fall into any of these categories and you're like that's because great artists don't actually have to worry about categories they just write what they think and it and you know whatever they wanted to communicate and if they're good it works out but it is and i really like what todd said about labeling because i think that's going to be key you know the whole point of meaning should determine the form. Mm. We don't have to label it. You just know that as kids are doing these things, they fit naturally into the categories. You know, I, I read, um, I had a young lady living with us for a while. She was getting her teacher certification. And here in Texas, there were these things called TEKS. And it lines out exactly what you're supposed to learn. One of them was a kindergartner should understand what the beginning of a story is, the middle of a story, and the end of a story and be able to identify it. And I was like, oh, I didn't teach my kids that. Yet somehow they read books from the beginning to the end and they know the difference. Why did you stop in the middle? I, I don't know. Was yeah. that not the end? I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, this whole writing thing and, and uh, like, I, I don't know if I made this clear at the beginning of the show, but this is uh, part one, of, I assume a part two series. Maybe it has maybe parts. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, but you know, it, it amazes me. I can remember. Um, you know, I I had gone through college. I was seminary, and even the way that I would write. Uh, you know, in the simple way of how you would divide up a paragraph. I was ta always taught that you would end a thought, and then you would kind of go into this. You know, you start your next one. She'll be your. You know, uh, kind of picking up that thought. And I was in a, I don't know what it was, a marketing thing. And this lady goes, I know all of you have been taught to do this. And she goes, forget that. From now on, every three sentences is going to be a new paragraph. And it just like blew me away. Like she just made up that rule just like that. But it was based on how it looked instead of, and it was really, you know, with your article, um, it was a paradigm shift. And I think those paradigm shifts, we think they're written in stone or those paradigms are written in stone and they were just written by some old lady teachers, you know, <laughs> who didn't have anything better to do. And we just took it and we've never questioned them since. Right. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, I will say as a product of that, I, I hated writing which is really funny to say as an editor and someone who writes and I ghostwrite for people, but growing up, I hated writing. I could, I could get an A, I could follow the formula right. and there was absolutely no life in it whatsoever mm -hmm. um, because it was just getting the assignment done. And I don't think we want that for our kids. And that's a paradigm shift too, though, because mm -hmm. I think there are some moms listening who are like, you mean, yeah, but if you get an A, that means good. A is good. And, and really that's, that shouldn't be. You said at the beginning, you should maybe you shouldn't grade, keep grades, um, and that is a big paradigm shift. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think your whole article taking this and applying it to almost every subject you do. This idea, because uh, you said the assumptions. You know, we have a lot of assumptions, and this is not like a. I don't like this word nowadays because it's gone a lot of places. But the deconstructing, I don't like that. But like the idea of <laughs> taking ideas that everyone just does it in school. And there, every single subject has this, like literally every single thing that people teach has some of these assumptions that people have made for 
I mean, probably as long as people have ever talked, you know, but a lot of them are just just kept being done over and over and over. So I think I think this is a really helpful thing to maybe walk through some of the other ones that you're having a lot of hardship with in your homeschooling and just say, hey, you know, every time we do, I make them do all the spelling words three times perfectly. And it just we're so hating each other over it. You know, maybe that's a paradigm you can, you know, might need shifting. But uh, yeah. this is, I think, really good. Well, let me read your last, your concluding paragraph, which is at the end of the article, because I knew that. Um, and then maybe you can give us a, a, a plug for, I won't tell you to give away the farm, but maybe what you're going to talk about in your next, next part. It says, uh, when we make these shifts, writing is less about the results and more about the journey. It's about growth. We have the opportunity to walk alongside our children as they learn to communicate well in a world that desperately needs thinking people who are able to express themselves in a way that is kind, thoughtful, and creative. I loved your concluding paragraph because it really is, you know, it's it's just about a journey. It is about growth. It's not about like like kind of how we started. It's not about it's not about right now. It's about today and then tomorrow and then next year and the next year after that and then one day they're sitting and doing a podcast when they're 50 you know i mean and they're still learning um so what might we expect in the next issue well i have two more planned but you know the more i talk about this i keep thinking of more and more no, paradigms okay. just like you said maybe we could write a whole book on these things but mm -hmm. um that creativity isn't just for telling stories mm. And the other one is that the written word is actually fun. Hmm. So we're well, going to unpack those a little bit. Well, I, and I was thinking of one, actually, where you, got, yes. you could add this one maybe. In yes, I know. You, you shared one with me. <laughs> well, how about this? But how about this? The paradigm that everyone is going to be a great writer. I love you know, it. I mean, because really, uh, you know, I know Sam, my, uh, my second son, he's, he's an art guy. And not as it pertains to writing, but as it pertains to reading, Ben was a voracious reader, even mm -hmm. as a kid. I mean, I don't know how old he was, 12, 13. He wanted to read The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. That's uh, not a good 12 year old. That's so difficult. It must difficult. be a Ben thing. It yeah. is. But I would ask Sam, I'd say, Sam, because Sam wouldn't read at night. And I'd say, he'd draw. And I'd say, Sam, do you not like to read? He goes, no. I don't, I like reading. And I said, well, why don't you read? And he says, cause I don't need to read. Cause Ben tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> uh, but you know, the truth was that's not what he was going to do with the rest of his life. Um, I mean, yes, he reads now or whatever, but not everybody's going to be a writer. Correct. That is correct. But you know, I think it, if we go back to the whole purpose is getting to know the person, everyone's mm. a great writer because everyone has something worth saying. Mm. That's great. That's great. That's a good place to end. Well, Kay, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking for time me. to be with us. And uh, how about we plan to maybe uh, get together again uh, when part two comes out. And again, if they haven't listened to part or haven't would like to read part one, they can go to the uh, homeschoolingtoday.com and can click on read the recent issue or the spring issue mm -hmm. and you can thumb down through a lot of articles you can read all the articles really but you can read Kay's article in its entirety awesome. thank you this was fun all right dad we want to do a final uh, don't forget to smile 
Okay, well, so we'll just say goodbye. And moms, you know, again, all this paradigm shift, uh, it really should change how your kids view learning. They should smile more. You should smile more. Um, and it just makes school better. It makes home better. So have a great weekend. Uh, maybe do something summery out there. And, you know, as you're planting flowers, do it together as a family. And of course, don't forget to smile. Thank you for joining us. We hope what Kay had to share about writing helps you maybe even yet this week. It's never too late to change up your approach. Also, thank you to Teaching Textbooks for making a smiling homeschooler possible. You can check out a free trial of their amazing math curriculum over on their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.